<laughs> Thank you so much, Harrison and the band. They'll be back later, play some more bangers. But, hello, my name is Steph. I'm one of the communicators here at Beyond. And um, if this is your first time here at Beyond tonight or your first time to church, um, I want to let you know that we actually have something in common because while it might be your first time to church, it is my first time communicating here at Beyond. So, <laughs> guys... Stop. Um, so we get to experience something new together, which is very exciting. Um, but as well as that, it's really cool that I actually get to communicate on a series for the first time on a series that's about Christians and the weird things they do to get people to church. Because um, I actually only started coming back to church three years ago. Before that, I uh, just stopped attending. Church just wasn't really important to me. Um, yeah, and for me... As a kid growing up, all, uh, just Christianity never seemed cool. And as a 10-year-old, I really just wanted to be cool. Like, I wanted the skater shoes that everyone had. I wanted the Black Eyed Peas album. I wanted all the cool stuff. So I wasn't cool, but I wanted to be cool. Um, so at 10 years old, I remember I walked up to my mum and I said to her, uh, Mum, I'm happy to believe in a God, but I don't want to be a Christian because... In my mind, a Christian was not cool. So I was like, that's just, it's not for me, you know. I wanted to be popular growing up. I wanted to have lots of friends. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to have a cute boyfriend. I don't know, that was the things that it seemed like Christians weren't doing. They were serious. They were, you know, playing Jesus songs and praying all the time. And I was like, that's just not the life for me. I was not, not into that, and that's not what I wanted. So I decided that... I would believe in God, but I just saw no benefit from being a follower of Jesus. And when I look back at my church experience, uh, none of it was really that exciting to me. The music felt boring, and I didn't really know what the people were talking about. Um, and there were these rules, like kids can only have one cake from the morning tea table, which was absolutely ridiculous. Like, so the parents get to have multiple cakes? <laughs> All right. And <clears throat> as well, Sunday school was traumatizing. Because I was a very shy kid, which you may not believe as I stand up here before you, but as a kid, I was really shy. And when you're in a group of kids who you don't know, and then the teacher asks you to answer a question that you don't know the answer to, and I was clearly not into the whole class participation, it was just not me. And so from that point on, I decided Christianity wasn't for me. Um, and if you were here last week, you would have heard Josh, who started part one of this series. Uh, and he talked about... Um, the hope that we can find in Jesus. And if you missed it, don't worry. You can check it out on our social media links where we have it there. But he said, discover the hope that is found in Jesus. And for me, when I walked away from faith, it was because I just didn't understand that hope. I didn't see any reason to jump on the bandwagon. And Christians were weird. In some ways, I didn't feel I could trust them. Sometimes, it felt as though Christians just wanted to convert you and desert you. And you would come to church because, you know, to be nice to your friend, you come along, and then you feel awkward because they run off and they go hang out with their friend, and you're like, well, I'm here by myself. Or maybe you've accidentally done this or unintentionally tried to just bring someone to church rather than hanging out with them and getting to know them and just talk to them. Maybe you have felt or you still feel that way. Maybe you don't trust Christians because all they ever want to talk about is God. It's just to get you to church or make you pray, tick you off their conversion list. 
And it kind of makes you wonder, are they really here for you or will they just leave you after getting you to follow Jesus? So a question we're going to be answering for the Christians here tonight is, what is your role in someone's faith journey? And if you're an unchurched person, guess what? You're off the hook. This is, there's no pressure on you tonight, but you guys get an insight on something that a lot of Christians struggle with. So you get a little backstage look at it. And immediately, most of us want the lead role, right? The one who gets them to the touchdown play. I'm going to put this into a theatre metaphor because sports doesn't make sense to me. I'm a theatre person. If you don't know that, I am I'm, I'm a bit of a musical theatre geek. So <laughs> I'm going to put it into a bit of a metaphor that helps me understand it. And so in a show, everyone wants to be the lead role. Everyone wants to play the lead role, be the star who gets the final bow and the standing ovation. But there's so many other parts in the show that need playing. There's the backstage hands, the dancers, the musicians, the people in the ticketing booth. Like They are so important to the show, and without them, it just doesn't happen. And they're essential as well. And what I'm trying to say is don't try and be the lead role in someone's journey, which might be difficult. And maybe you're still feeling the tension of having to be the one who gets them to the end, who gets them all the way to being a follower of Jesus. Because if you don't take them all the way, who will? You feel as though it's all on you because you're not sure that God will show up to do his part. But this isn't a new problem. In fact, Jesus talks about it long ago. And it was recorded in one of the four Gospels, Mark, located in the New Testament of the Bible. So when Jesus is explaining, he's talking to a small group made up of his 12 disciples, or we like to call them the Dirty Dozen, and a few other listeners as well. And kind of the way Jesus describes it may not really make sense to us today because he kind of puts it into a farming metaphor, but um, I'm going to just put it out there. We're going to go through it and then kind of break it down in a way that makes sense to us today. So he starts by saying the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seeds on the ground. And if you're sitting there thinking, what? Don't worry, so were the other guys back then. The dirty dozen, the whole lot, they were all like, what, Jesus, what are you talking about? So he kind of breaks it down and says, night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. So night and day, it's a process that takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight but over several nights. It's not just, bam, the seed's grown and it's all there. It's a process that takes time. He goes on to say, the earth produces the crops on its own. It all happens by itself. The farmer scatters the seed, the seed grows. But there's other elements that contribute to that. The rain comes along, helps it grow, but sometimes flooding and wind can destroy the crops. He doesn't have a control over what comes along. Ooh, it's gone. Um, <laughs> that's fun. Okay, there we go. <laughs> he doesn't have control about what comes along, but other things either hinder or help the growth of the crops. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. After waiting, the process starts. It's not finished yet, not all the way, but the process has started. Something's happening. The leaf blade comes through, the wheat's formed, the grain ripens. See how there's a step for each process as it goes through. It doesn't just happen straight away, but there's a step. And you can't have 
the next step without the one before. And what Jesus is really trying to say here is becoming a fully, fully devoted follower of Jesus is a journey, not an event. It doesn't just happen. It's a journey. It's a process. And then we go on to say, as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. And what he's saying there is, essentially, God is in control and you have a role. We have a part to play. God is running the show. He's the director. He's the one calling the shots in the show. But we still have a chance to be a part of it. We have a chance to make the show happen and a role to play, which is exciting. It can be daunting, but it's exciting. So now I'm going to break that down in a way that kind of makes sense for us um, because I don't know if anyone's a farmer here, but um, I'm not. So (laughs) uh, we're going to put it in a way that makes sense for us today and see what Jesus is saying about our role in someone's faith journey. We're going to start with the five stages of faith. And I'm going to go backwards because I think it will make sense backwards. I don't think it'll make sense. So we're going to go backwards. <laughs> we're going to start with believe in Jesus. And we know what that looks like. Some of you here tonight might be a follower of Jesus. Maybe you identify as a Christian. Um, at Beyond, we identify a follower of Jesus as someone who is in a connect group, serving on a team, and giving financially. So that's how we see someone who believes in Jesus. The next step is seeking God. Someone who's interested. They want to discover who God is, and they're interested. That's why at Beyond we have events. We have our Hello Sundays events. We love having food stalls, markets, live music, and we really want to create environments for people to come and those who want to, to seek God. And our messages as well are aimed around that too, for people to have the chance to find out who God is. Open to change, that's the next step. A God, so this person might say, yeah, a God exists, but I don't know what that looks like. And if that's you, our next series is actually tailored around those, that kind of mindset. If, uh, it's called Making Sense of God. So that's the title. So if you are someone who maybe feels like a God exists, but don't know what that looks like, what he wants from you, or what you need to get from him. Like, that's our next series, and that's kind of tailored for that. Next step is someone who is curious. This person, they're, they're fairly passive. They'll say, I'll talk about God, but it's not something I'm seeking or driving the conversation to. Someone who's not opposed to God, not looking for the answers, but open to chat about it. And last, but first, we have trust a Christian. That one's on us as Christians because no one can go through all those steps until they've trusted a Christian. They can't get through to being curious or open to change unless they trust a Christian. And let's be honest, we're not always good at getting other people to trust us because sometimes Christians can be weird and we can do weird stuff. Our application tonight actually is going to show you how you can do that. I want you to be for someone because the reason people don't trust Christians is because they're never for them. 
They always want to get them converted. They're doing it for themselves. They're not thinking of the person. So our application here, kind of under this title of For Monday, because we believe that if you're coming here to church on a Sunday night, we want to make it worth your while. We want to make sure that you're learning something that can not just impact you for your Sunday night, but for Monday and for the rest of the week. So our full Monday this week is pick four unchurched people you are going to be for. So four people in your life that don't know Jesus that you are going to be for. You can write their names down, put it on your phone, write, them in, write it in your journal. Four people who don't know Jesus that you are going to be for. And that's, that's as simple as grabbing a coffee Hanging out, you don't need to bring them to church. You can if you want to, but don't, don't trick them. Don't say, let's go out for dinner, and then in the car be like, oh, by the way, we're going to church. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> It'll be fine. We'll get you baptized. Don't do any of that stuff. That will lose your friends. Um, <laughs> just be for them. Hang out with them. Get to know them. Talk about life like normal people. Um, <laughs> because people who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. Because Jesus was for people. Jesus met people where they were at. He cared about the person, not about getting them into the churches or the synagogues that they called back then, praying. Of course, he wanted them there eventually, but he understood that it was a process and it took time and trust. So this, peop- this week, meet people where they're at. Grab a coffee, hang out with an old friend, Get to know how they're going. Don't, if you don't have any unchurched friends, find some. Make some unchurched friends. Uh, join a sports club or Zumba or go outside. Can be, it's not that scary out there. <laughs> go talk to people, the people who serve you at cafes and just be a part of the community. Connect with the people in your community. Because the more you connect with those people without a hidden agenda, you'll find making friends and being for people is actually quite simple. And invest time into people the way Jesus did. And maybe, maybe you're still struggling with this. Maybe you're asking, why do I need to do this? Because isn't it just easier to hang out with my church friends? To not go out and hang out with those people who are different to me and have different beliefs? Sure, it's easier, but ask yourself these, these questions. Are you the kind of person an unchurched person likes? Are you the kind of person unchurched people trust? People trusted Jesus, even when they didn't believe what he believed. They still trusted him because he took the time to invest in them. Are you the kind of Christian who likes and trusts people who are different than you? Are you for your community? Even when it's different to you, do you look at the people around you who look different, live differently, and believe different things and trust and love them regardless? We like to say at Beyond that people can belong here before they believe, and we 100% believe that. We truly mean it because we want people to feel a part of our community regardless of their beliefs. Because we want to be for them. 
And you might have tension still. You may not be 100% sold, and I completely understand that. Behind all those questions of doubt is one question. What if it doesn't work? But at the end of the day, you're supposed to be for them. So whether they become a follower of Jesus or not, does it matter? Here's the big question. What if I never try? So this week, try. Because I'm standing here as someone who now calls himself a Christian. Why? How did I go from rejecting the idea at 10 years old to now being a, full, a fully devoted follower of Jesus at 22? Because a few people decided to be for me. They took the time to care about me as a person. And they tried. I'm here because someone invited, invested time in me, got to know me as a person, and they showed me a community where Christians were kind of cool. And wherever you are in your own journey, if you think back, maybe there are people who took the time to invest in you, to meet you where you're at. Now you have the opportunity to show that same love to them. So, in a minute I'm going to pray for you. It's been a quick one tonight. <laughs> you guys get to go home early. Um, but afterwards, Chris will be taking us through some communion. So let's pray. Dear God, I just ask that you help us to be for people. The people in our community, they're different. The people who we don't see eye to eye with all the time and don't have the same beliefs as us. I just ask that you help us to meet them where they're at and regardless of whether they ever believe in you, we're always there for them and we're for them. And Lord, we just pray that we understand and have faith that even in those times where we're not sure if you'll come in and do what you can do, we just know that we can do all that we can do and have faith that you'll step in. We pray these things in your name. Amen.